Welcome to Self-Directed. We are your hosts, Cecilia and Jesper Conrad. And now it's time to welcome this week's guest. So today we are together with Eric Balance. I got an uh, email uh, where you were presented as a good subject for a guest on our podcast. And I read up a little about you and I was like, Yes, let's do it. So here we are. Welcome to our podcast, which is called Self-Directed. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to get to know you both and really, you know, just connect deeper. I always get fascinated by meeting great people and I look forward to seeing how we can interconnect our awareness. Yeah. Eric. I'm a curious soul, and then when I see someone has a last name as balanced, then I'm like, "Ooh, is that a given name or a taken name? At least there must be a story." And I would like uh, by by uh, letting my curiosity get what it wants, because otherwise it would be nagging me in the whole conversation. So, what's the story about the the last name? Uh, great question. Uh, you know, a lot of people ask me. Uh, this like down the line after getting to know me for you know months or years and then they finally asked me this question so it's nice to hear it come up uh, immediately uh so balance is actually something that i've yearned to find in myself for a very long time it's an artistic name that's been given to me by a great teacher of mine and something that uh, i've always been seeking uh you know especially when i started out And balance was what was within our is, is within all of us, uh, and it was something that I needed to find within myself to really discover what does that look like, and in multiple different facets, in multiple different ways. And you know, I, I can go on into in terms of dichotomies and you know uh, light and dark and masculine and feminine, but focal point is really uh, you know. Understanding my last name is Lychuk and it's spelled Polish and it's very difficult uh, to pronounce when you see the spelling of it. And uh, a great teacher of mine that really spoke to me when was like, you know, you really bring balance to a lot of people's energy and because you're consistently refining your own. And that gave me an, a thought and that thought became my artistic expression And now it's uh, what I bring to most environments uh, when we're able to cultivate a meaningful expression, uh, especially uh, for purpose, on purpose. So, yeah, I hope that helps. It it, uh, it absolutely did what it needed for my curiosity, but I am uh, more curious. So, when did you did you take that step in your life? Uh, when? Where are we? What happened that made you say? Okay, I really need to 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 figure out and find my balance and help others with it. Well, it's it's been an uh, interesting uh, journey f- for sure since I was a little boy. Uh, you know, when I was 16 years old, I got into uh, dra- drugs, first selling and then uh, using them, and being addicted to crack cocaine from the years of 16 to 19, uh, where there were six months at a time where my parents had no idea where I was. And this something that their faith and their determination in something greater than themselves and each other, uh, it gave me the compass of recognizing that there's something within 
not just ourselves, but within them, that gave me a direction that is necessarily focused on meaning and emotion. And when we can give meaning and emotion to uh, our lives, uh, we can start to really advance and move forward in a very integral way. And so this journey, although it was something that, you know, may have created uh, hell at my age of 16, and I walked through hell like I owned it, uh, although that point was not just from that moment. When I was a little boy, uh, at the age of five, you know, my grandfather is and was uh, uh, a very integral man. And... I remember looking to his eyes and recognizing the depth of his spirit and being able to really read him and not really understanding why I could see the things that I could see, but what it allowed me to identify was that I could see something that most people can't. Uh, And I didn't know what I didn't know at that time. I just thought it was who I was or who everybody is at that time. However, As I grew older, the external world continued to tell me things that I didn't necessarily understand because they didn't make sense with my internal compass, which is what led me to then to doing a lot of things that I didn't understand because everything that I internally was identifying with, the external world was telling me it was wrong. And what the external world was showing me was that materialistically an achiever and striver type of lifestyle is actually way more important than the internal peace and abundance. And so that's what kind of drove me to not feeling welcome, not feeling understood, not feeling really heard in society and school and university. And it, it's what drove me into drugs. Uh, however, my parents were also this type of people that they would light up their faith and their level of uh, conviction in the way that they were able to take care of each other and support each other and us as a family. It, it was really something that, like, I love being at home. You know, I love being with them. I love time with their family. I still do. Um, and... I remember like all I would want to do is just like be with my family. But then the external world would tell us that I have to go and do X, Y, and Z to be successful. And X, Y, and Z mean, you know, have a you know good paying job, live in a cubicle, uh, have a white picket fence, get married, have kids. And that would be the extent of your success. And when I reached that at one point later on, I was unfulfilled. Yeah. And so for me, this became something that I just didn't, uh, it didn't make sense. And I needed to drive that inner behavior to understand and get more curious about why it didn't make sense. And that's what started on this journey. You talk about the, what I would call social norms of the external world demanding you or inspiring you or somehow luring all of us into doing things that if we, if we look inside, maybe, maybe that was not 
exactly what I wanted. But the looking inside is not something that is a social norm in most Western countries and most families. The looking inside, the whole reflection, the meditation, the, you know, the what's up with you question. How, how do you feel? where the real answer is, is actually a rare question to be asked between people, you know. Um, and our podcast is called Self-Directed because the standard that we hold really high is the personal freedom thing um, to, to be able to do and be and feel what is right for me is what is just so very very important and that's what we want to to make sure we we just broaden the options for everyone listening out there we've been talking a lot about unschooling and it's very nice to not talk about unschooling um so what you're really saying is that i'm just trying to understand here you grew up with actually a strong sense of self strong inner world yet you somehow got i will not say the f word so sidetracked thank you uh by the external world so your mission now with your your name balance and your project what is that so the mission is really simple it's really focusing on embodying and being. And so it's interesting how uh, so many people are focused on doing. And that's been such a incongruency uh, in needing to prove oneself. And because the external type of belief is how I need to get things done in order to prove who I am. Versus just being myself and sharing my abundance, my wisdom. And this is in all of us, right? So uh, really focusing on making sure that joy, peace, abundance is really how we are communicating with each other. And to do even more for ourselves and others by embodying that by being able to communicate effectively in that and uh, utilizing that conscious awareness and that conscious communication inside of organizational culture inside of community culture inside of really f defining and understanding that it's the relationship that with yourself that you will ultimately refine and when you have that relationship with yourself, you'll build it with something greater than yourself. You know, whether you want to call it spirit, you know, God, uh, you know, energy. And then as a result, you'll start to recognize that value inside of other people. Because what I believe, and this may not be very common, but I do believe that our great teacher, you know, it speaks through all of us and so if we really learn to listen we can learn to actually hear not just through our language meaning what's being said through our uh, mouth but through our facial expressions which is actually 38 percent of communication 
And then our physiology, which is 55%. And if we really start to pay attention, we can actually see the beauty of consciousness, creator, our great teacher, God, whatever you want to call it, everywhere. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Cecilia. We're interrupting our own podcast just to make sure that you know that I am available if you want to talk to someone who has lived the unschooling life, who has traveled the world, who has beat cancer, who has been the mother of four amazing children. Luckily, I still am the mother of four amazing children. I know about life when it's hard. I know about life when it's complicated. I know what you need is probably most of all someone who will understand the special world that you are in as an unschooling parent. Even with your trauma and your personal history getting in the way, what I do really is to be a loving support, a rock. And I do it on the base that I am a trained psychologist. I have worked with a lot of people with a lot of different situations. I am so ready to be your support, the one that you need to get some confidence and be strong in your journey as an unschooling parent. So don't hold back. I give a 20-minute conversation for free. You can talk to me on the phone or in a video call and just see if it's a match. If you want to connect, you can find me on social media or find me on my website, ceciliaconrad.com. If you're a Danish speaker, I have a Danish website, ceciliaconrad.dk, and we can find those 20 minutes and see how it goes from there. And now back to the podcast. How was that a simple mission? <laughs> <laughs> so simply put, make. I'm, I'm just joking a little bit because this is complicated well, stuff and I'm just, you know. Is it complicated or I are we making, are, is the mind, are, is the mind trying to make it complicated? Because you see the cognitive way of thinking is oftentimes let's make it difficult, but really, is it something that we just need to tap more into our heart's wisdom and just trust in what we're feeling and how we're being? Yeah. That, that's why I think that the whole unschooling world we come from uh aligns with some of the things you are talking about as uh we have taken a very big step in choosing that our children are free as people to choose their own direction in life um and that means that their life is so different to my own that sometimes i can have difficulties um guiding them because i am a product of many many years of externalizing my my own self-worth um mm. first through 10 years of going to school where i i should excel in stuff or i was tested or i needed to perform to be be there as a person and then later, I, I quite easily jumped into a, a career in the media world where I ended up being productive, that I have this sense of self-worth when I'm productive. And now I'm 49, and I, there's a weird mix where I still love as a person to create, but at the same time, I'm also... 
evaluating myself that I feel better when I'm creating than when I'm just sitting and reading a book, for example, or just being in the world with my family. And this is really difficult, uh, a difficult balance to, to take. And I can just see with my children who uh, haven't been asked all the time to perform that they they are more at ease in their life we our um, oldest son just turned 18 and he knows what he wants and he's doing the things he likes and and it is just way more personally chilled than i was when i was 18 where i was all over the place trying to impress the girls and my friends and everything um, so, so it's interesting to see this connection of, of where we are. There's also something you said that made me think about religion, uh, because it's a subject I've been pondering about, that I, I see a lack of talks about the inner world where I think that the religions earlier on, actually, I hope they fulfilled this area for people. They had a community around going to the church. They had a common language about speaking about their inner life and, the, the, and, and God and what they believed in. And as the world has become less inclined to be down thinking about one God or another, then I, then I think that people have lost a common language to talk about the inner life. I know I'm babbling a little, but it was some of the things that came up to me. Is there a question? You're There's not, not a question yet. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not babbling. Uh, you're making a lot of extreme sense. And, you know, it, the fact is, is that, you know, religion it, it has been cultivated and put into, you know, different boxes uh, and uh, for uh, an external purpose uh, to create some sort of ways of believing the great thing about the leaders of each of these um of each of these ways of belief um the leaders actually didn't create the church it was someone after you know 10 20 100 years later that created the box that most people are actually stepping into because they created a structure around the belief system. And so, but if you actually listen or read the Quran, the Bhagavad Gita, the Bible, you know, or any other scriptures, there's a lot of patterns that you'll start to recognize that are very similar. And so what everyone is saying is very similar. It's actually being philosophized and communicated in a very different way in today's day and age because people are deciding that they want to live in a box. And so if we continue to live in a box where we look at the same box or we drive in a box or live in a box or, or you know, whatever, and we're not literally willing to be creative enough to start doing circles around the box or live outside of the box, which is what's so beautifully our children and your, your children are doing because they're allowing that creativity to come through they're allowing that creativity to come out where they're realizing that the box actually doesn't exist. And so as a result, this, this creativity is allowing them to really unfold and they're starting to manifest their own life. 
And this manifestation becomes a beautiful way of them taking way more responsibility of their own lives and let, instead of allowing the external society to project, reject, and explain things that actually limits not them, but the external world. So we just met. So I just need to say, I, I, couldn't agree more. I mean, I totally agree with most of what's happening in our life is in the mind, if not everything. Um, and that we, in many ways, will create our own reality. And the internal world is where 95% happens. I also am totally on board with this. You know, I'm just the extended arm or whatever part of the greater energy that created everything we all are i'm not special in that way and the tapping into the listening to all the different ways that what i call god is talking to us is actually something i'm in the process of writing a book about so i'm with you here at the same time i think we have to recognize the context we have to recognize that even my unschooled children are living on this planet, in this world. We all breathe the same air, and gravity is a thing, and and so is consumerism. And there is only so much I can do to... Let's not go down the aisle of talking about the kids. I can just talk about myself. I'm in this world. I will need to eat. I'll need to warm place to sleep and and i will see the billboards and the other people and and move around in in cities as well as mountains and be affected by whatever's going on around me and i just think there is a risk when we talk about these things that it's in the mind that we have to work with ourselves to Put too much load on the individual and say, hence, it will be your fault if you don't overcome this pressure. And the pressure is there. Our kids are unschooled. They're fairly old. And they also do live in this world. I don't see it as a way that they can just freely manifest the life that they want and be complete. You know, they know other people. <laughs> they They are... They they watch the movies. They and I so I'm talking about the kids again. Let's try to avoid that. I think balance is a very, very important word in this in this uh conversation. In my personal life, I feel I'm always walking on this this top of uh, uh, a house or mountain. And sometimes I fall down one side and, and sometimes I fall down the other side and I just need to keep coming back up to that edge where I have, I, I've got this, I'm in the world, but I'm also not in, I'm in the world, but not of it, as you can read in the Bible. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I am here. I'm not losing it. But I, I'm still connected. And I think also when we are in the business of giving advice to other people that we have to recognize how big this pressure is, how much the idea of, of the corporate job and, and the wife and the fence and the dog and, and the whole thing 
is being pushed upon us and how hard it, it actually, I know it makes it harder to say it's hard, but sometimes I think it's cruel to say it's easy. I think that's my point. That we, when I work with people, sometimes they are really stuck in, in, in some sort of reality that it's not enough to meditate. You can't just break free from it. There are circumstances. There could be physiology. There could be trauma. There could be economy. There could be family members that are really, really important and you can't get away from it. Um, so what am I saying? I'm saying, what's your take? Will you always just say, it's in the mind, just go work with yourself? Or how do you... How do you see this conflict of interest? So, so I just spent uh, about a month with uh, in India with some amazing people uh, from around the world, but also some great transformational leaders. And, you know, being there, you know, it's really fascinating to see how a culture is developed around uh, grace and ease. And it's interesting because we get to choose if we want to live in a suffering experience or a beautiful experience. And most people, they don't know that they have that choice. True. And so although the external world is going to give us challenges, maybe sickness, maybe finances, Maybe uncertainties are some sort of a challenge that we don't know or we weren't expecting. Whatever your approach to that situation is, and whichever way you choose to show up in that situation with your state, with your physiology, with your focus, and with your language, that will be how you get to influence that situation. So it's not necessarily what's happening in the outside world that affects you. It's the way that you choose to approach that situation. And if you're able to be in a state of beauty and peacefulness with also certainty, it's not the certainty that comes from the outside world once you understand that you are the certainty. You create the certainty. And as a result, you can change the behavior of the external world. If you're willing to work enough on that balance within yourself to navigate the masculine and feminine energy that we all have. And from this place, when you're able to show up in a difficult scenario because it's 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 easy to show up in a beautiful experience or energy when the situation outside of you is easy or beautiful or exciting or happy or joyful the real mastery comes when it's difficult when the external world is projecting all of these limitations onto you, when the external world is telling you that you can't do this or your family is sick or uh, situation is not working or 
that is where the mastery shows up. That is where you get to show up if you choose to, if you've done the work within yourself. And from this place, you get to influence an environment that manifests and changes the narrative for the next generation. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, just a short interruption as I have a small message about some of the things I'm working on. My name is Jesper Conrad. It is my pleasure to invite you to become a less stressed dad. I know how it is to be stressed out. My wife had cancer. I have four kids and I had a long career and had to like juggle everything at the same time. And it's hard. It's sometimes hard to be a dad. It's hard to be the breadwinner if that's what you are. That's what I've been in our family where my wife have been at home with our children and it takes its toll. And one of the things that really help is to talk with someone else about it. And that is why I've created the Better Dad Institute together with my good friend, Martin Cook. And at the Better Dad Institute, we have dad circles where we meet up uh, once a week and just talk about life as a dad because sharing actually is super, super healing in the process of being a dad. To just hear that someone else is working through the same problems that you are is um, very, very giving. And if you're into more like a one-on-one thing, then I would happily help you and share my experience of being a dad to four wonderful children and having a wonderful relationship with my wife and being a full-time travel dad, how I have juggling everything at the same time, having a career and how I have learned to get those shoulders down, to, to actually be very happy in my life. Of course, the stress can like pop up, but then I have the techniques I've learned and which I would love to teach you. So reach out at the betterdadinstitute.com. And if you want to get directly in contact with me, then it's betterdadinstitute.com slash Conrad. I look forward to hearing from you and um, have fun. And now on with the podcast. During um, yeah, some weeks ago around New Year, I'd been very, very sick for a week. And it ended with me having a deep sense of meaningless in the world. And I tried to go down that path and I was depressed for a couple of days. And it was even more depressing because no one in my family found me fun to talk with because I was really like, oh, life is meaningless and we will die anyway and everything is shit. Why do I need to do anything? And then what happened was I actually got bored of being depressed because, no, no, I mean, it was, I was seriously down and I thought everybody was stupid because they couldn't see the meaningless of the world. Um, and I was like, why do I even need to bother? I so... I. I and then I looked at it and nobody wanted to talk with me because I was really, yeah, down and not fun to talk with. And I especially ended up, yeah, no, especially you, I took you for a walk and we talked and I was annoyed with everything. No, but it helped me. And I ended up turning around inside my mind and saying, okay, it's kind of boring being this depressed as I was. And then I started going, going back. But sometimes, 
the the where I'm going with this story is that seen from the outside, we live quite a nice life. Now we're here in Mexico, we're here for over the winter, and then we will go to the States. And we have been full-time traveling now for for yeah, five and a half years. Sometimes I miss. And we just saw the matrix recently with our kids. And I miss taking the other pill, just going back to my daytime work and that someone else take the decisions for me. So where are you with this? Do you sometimes miss an even easier life where you just follow the stream and you don't need to consider everything? Because I feel there's a lot of inner work being going on in our life. So many talks, so many things we go over. So many times we look at our values, take what's going on in our life and look at our values compared to them before we move on. It was really easy uh, to go to work and have a house and come home and watch some telly. Sometimes I miss it. So where are you with this? Uh, I don't miss it. I made a, I made a very conscious decision and I'm on a path uh, of deep meaning uh, and I know what my responsibility is in this lifetime and so uh, my excitement is to be blessed with having this resilience and this strength and this courage and my resolve because I've been on this path now for almost seven years and for a lot of the beginning of that time People would tell me to go back and make it the easier way or do things that were more focused on simplicity in terms of making my life easier. But I knew that if I didn't walk the path, that I could never guide others to the same place. And so the resolve comes from the experience. You know, a belief is a poor substitute for an experience. Once you have the experience, now there's nothing or nobody that can shake you or move you. Now there's a, a, spe a space that you walk through. And as a result, you're able to hold a space that creates an outstanding level of standards for the people that come as well after. And so for me, it's been a blessing from something greater than ourselves to guide me in this direction. And, you know, this beautiful saying by Rumi, what you seek is seeking you, uh, is a gift. And I get to experience that beauty and bliss every single day. And I get to listen and pay attention with that relationship that I have with the divine in such a magical way. And I love it. And it's something that gives me the magic of life. And I am here in this world to experience all of it with abundance, peace, and so much magic. Well, I don't miss it either, just for the record. No. <laughs> With you on this one. I think I might get kicked off the horse, or I don't know my metaphors in English, but I totally sometimes get lost and uh, need to find my way back. But 
No, I wouldn't want to eat the other pill if you want to do the matrix thing. It's once you're out there, it's it's just such a very much more interesting life. Oh yeah. That you get to have. And I think that, you know, your two day depression thing you have going on. You get lost in some sort of logic that you don't even believe in. No. If I quiz you today. So, and that happens to me now and then. And what I was trying to say before about the pressure of the external world is just that I want to recognize that it's not necessary. Well, it is easy, but it doesn't look easy from some perspectives where you might happen to find yourself. It didn't look easy to you that day to come back to, no, no. to a meaningful and, and wholehearted life. And some of the people I work with, if you're a single parent with a whole lot of children and trouble paying the rent, it's very hard to manifest the time to do inner work and I developed the 60 seconds meditation technique for that exact reason. Because in some contexts, in, in some phases, it's just a few years. It's not your entire life. It, what you're probably doing and what many people in the spiritual world are doing, it's great. But it's not from... For everyone to walk that path, to take their first steps in in that path, and and therefore I think we just, well, at least I, I'm not pushing you to think or feel or say anything, but I have to recognize that what I'm doing is not necessarily. It doesn't look easy, and it might not be the same path that everyone has to walk, because there is sometimes so much pressure. And and I'm saying this, I have a lot of children personally, and, and also I've been very close to dying from a cancer disease. I've been hanging over that cliff and just hoping to survive. So I, I, I've been under pressure. And yeah, I developed the 60-second technique, meditation technique when the kids were small, and, and I had great spiritual life when I had chemotherapy. And so... I don't know if I'm contradicting myself. I just, I don't know. You know, a lot of techniques. I know I was scrolling through your uh, podcast feed and listened to some of it, but I will admit I also know m many of these things already, so I didn't have to. Um, what's your favorite? So, what would be so your favorite? I would, I, I would presuppose the. The, where I'm starting is when we say we know something, we don't know anything until we're actually living it. So mm -hmm. the knowing is not of the mind. The knowing is actually of the consistent and never-ending construction of it embodied every single day. That is what knowing is. And for what I'm hearing, for you know these people that you know you're you're saying that are are going through these experience. The most beautiful thing that we can offer ourselves first is compassion. So whenever we're going through these things of saying, hey, I know it, but we're not living it, like, let's be compassionate to that part of ourselves and then actually say, okay, I'm doing the best that I can with the knowledge that I have. And then as a result, what can I do better to actually live it, right? 
What can I do to then actually experience it and embody it? Because Mm -hmm. compassion is really what's, what is part of our world. And when you're saying the spiritual world in our world, it's the same thing, right? Like where it's all spiritual, it's all consciousness. Like everything that we are uh, aware of in this moment, it's, it's all consciousness, right? So there is no separation where so many people are trying to create like spiritual world and physical world. And it's, 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 that's an, that's a whole dichotomy. That's bullshit. It's bullshit that our life is a spiritual journey. Our business is a spiritual journey. Everything is a reflection of our internal world. The way that we're showing up in our life, in our experiences, and how we're being compassionate to ourselves and others in moments where you have maybe six children running around and everything is like, I want to rip my head out. This is a spiritual expression. And you get to decide how you want to approach that situation. That is spirituality the relationship that you have with each other and the way that you communicate with one another and how you are able to hold space you know for jesper when he was having that depressive state that is a spiritual expression that is how you're able to cultivate and this mirror this relationship that you've had with each other and how you've honed in on that relationship that is a spiritual journey everything is consciousness so all we need to do is just be aware of the mirrors in front of us. And as a result, we'll start to take even more compassionate roles in those relationships with ourselves, with our greater power, and with each other. Yeah. I, what would your 17-year-old self on crack cocaine say to you if you met up today, man? <laughs> That's a that's a gap here that life has passed. He would say thank. He would say thank you. Yeah. He would he would appreciate his gratitude. And do you know, like, when my father asked me the question, "If you can go to rehab, not for me, not for yourself, but for your future self," it was this version of Eric that I saw. Mm. Nice. Mm. Yeah. And now when I look at what I'm doing for my next future version self, it's a really profound observation to pay attention to. So what is that? So this was actually one of my pre, uh, pre, why can't I speak English today? You prepared a question. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's okay. I'm fairly fluent. Yeah. And it's as if, I don't know. The Danish part has taken over. It's okay. I have prepared five questions just, to, you know, in case the ball didn't roll, but it does. But anyway, one of my questions was where are you heading? What's the next? Uh, where am I heading in terms of business or just like my life? Or do you want to just know kind of my vision? You're learning? What's the next learning journey for you? Yeah, so uh, the best thing, you know, I'm really extremely excited for the integration of conscious organizations and how I'm implementing these conscious ways of being inside of culture around organizational behavior and how that gets to be cultivated so that these organizations actually then are able to expand into their communities and from the communities 
towns, cities, so on and so forth. And so that's something that I'm really excited uh, to be doing alongside great leaders, uh, you know, like Krishnaji and Tony and, and doing things that are very meaningful, uh, focusing on how that can all come together within these different organizations. So I'm learning uh, where, you know, I can't really say, but there's a CEO of a very beautiful company uh, that is going to, that has done really beautiful things for Mother Earth uh, and also in terms of multinational corporations, really focusing on conscious capitalism in the U.S. And uh, he and I are going to be spending some time together to learn how we can refine that and implement that into more organizations around the planet so that as a result, you know, these organizations are taking even more of a reinvention in the culture and the behavior of how we're showing up because teal organizations. And when I say teal organizations, they're very focused on being an organism. So everybody is self-directed. Everybody mm -hmm. is self-managed. And so this comes from a shared purpose, a shared vision, a shared understanding. And inside of these organizations, if more people are self-directed, like your podcast, the name of your podcast, mm -hmm. then it gives the empowerment of that organization to move towards together because everybody is running towards the same purpose. And so it, 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 it's interesting because then if more of us are doing that, is it possible that if more organizations are self-directed and then that's translating into community? And then that community is translating into the city and more organizations are doing that across that same city, that then that same city becomes an organism that's self-directed and supporting each other. And then maybe that can happen into the state. And then maybe that state can turn into the country. And then maybe that country can turn into the continent and so on and so forth. Who knows? Anything is possible. So you were sort of attacking the problem on a company level where we are doing the Clean the, the children the first. ground up yeah. work of just not not conditioning the children into listening too much to the get a wife, get a so job story. I'm not attack I'm not attacking anything. Uh, the word attack doesn't well, yeah, I agree. That's exactly I agree. Right. But no, no. approaching yes. the situation yeah. from that level, and we are usually more working on the why would we, why wouldn't we just let the next generation grow up as free spirits with uh, an expanded consciousness and a good sense of self and a, a powerful knowledge of who they are and why they are and what what direction they are heading and why i think that's uh well that's where our main focus is but the end game is more or less the same which is interesting it's all together mm -hmm. eric i would together. i would love to talk a little about uh, addiction as you have succeeded in uh, battling it and i myself is uh early i smoked so much weed in my 20s um 
and, and was yeah totally addicted in the way that I smoked every day for years and years. Um, and um, since then, I've been living a nice and wonderful life and have and. Well, except for those two days. Like, uh, yeah, except, except for those two days. But I still also, wonderful, bro. The contrast with is also the, wonderful. the background of the the addiction thing, I never really came uh, became good friends with alcohol in the way I was also always questioning myself: Why am I having a, a glass of wine Friday evening with some friends? Is this because something? Is this so? There was always this nagging thing in my mind. And and I now ended up totally quitting alcohol. I drank wine maybe two times a week, not too much, but enough that it affected my mood the day after. And there was this question in my mind as I had the addiction in my past. Um, so so now I'm just going totally clean, and it, it it's a wonderful journey. And I'm. What I'm doing, I think, is just asking you after the really wild youth you had, did you have any latest stench with some kind of addiction or had you gone totally clean after that? And do my personal story resonate with you where you have been? So, like, uh, what I'm hearing is you're asking if I've relapsed since 19. Yes, but also, I mean, would alcohol have been relapse for you in your world? No, no, no. So I'm, I love wine, uh, and yeah. I enjoy uh, having a glass of wine uh, with dinner regularly, and I also love and enjoy great Bavarian beer, um, something that I grew up with, and you know, something that I can do very socially for myself. It's very. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's a, it's 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 like a. You know, I grew up around alcohol all my life, and because at the dinner table, alcohol was like a, you know, glass of wine with dinner was just a normal thing. Um, and so, for me, that is like, uh, you know, I do it maybe once a month, or you know, once every couple months, or you know, sometimes maybe twice a week. Uh, you know, in the odd week here and there, but. Uh, there's never been for me uh, like a hunger or like a addictive personality towards alcohol. I don't drink heavy liquor. I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. Um, but I do love a, an amazing, you know, glass of red Malbec uh, or a beautiful, you know, Bavarian Hefeweizen. Um, you know, these are for me uh, the beauty of life, the taste the richness and uh, parts of the things that I really can appreciate and uh, enjoy. Uh, just like I love steak, you know, like I eat meat and um, I enjoy it. Uh, I love to have myself, you know, some lamb or a nice ribeye. Yeah. Uh, I am, you know, a very uh, cognizant man of what I like and what I don't like. And I really don't care what people think. And so uh, it's beautiful to appreciate, you know, and understand where it comes from as well. And there's, in terms of relapse, I wouldn't say I relapsed. There was a time that maybe I got really scared and I thought I was going to, but it was not something that took me back to that place. However, 
when I did spend time, you know, in the jungle in the Amazon, uh, it, I was curious at one point if I was kind of addicted to being in the sky of awareness of listening to uh, something greater. And I realized that because I was asking myself that question, Oh, am I addicted? Like I wasn't. So that was just the beautiful part is like when you have that own awareness of like, Oh, is that addiction here of like wanting to just be alone? Um, because I do like to be alone. However, it's not because um, it's not because I'm scared to communicate or have a conversation with people. It's because I like to really know what I need to focus on and have that clear direction moving forward. So that was something really beautiful. I find that whenever you ask yourself a question, am I actually like this? The truth, uh, the, the, uh, the truth actually is is like because you're asking that it's like yeah the truth is actually usually um because you're asking yourself that question you're not <laughs> so or at least you're on the way out yeah i mean sometimes we have a process going on um I would love to talk a little about your podcast. It's called the Resilient Resilient Minds. Resilient. The Resilient Minds podcast. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Don't speak English. Yeah, and and uh, you have talked with a lot of people. Is it possible for you to pinpoint one or two that uh, have really given you something you have taken away and where you can see yourself grown afterwards? Every single person is extremely uh, has has given me countless, countless, countless uh, learnings and teachings because they're all mirrors, right? Uh, and the reason that I started the podcast was really to learn more about people and why they uh, go through what they go through. It was a way to learn more about myself. Although I wanted to learn about them, I also wanted to understand myself, and so it gave me the capacity to also have a great ear to learn by, by listening and also to share so i would say you know the greatest thing that i found is that when you're and this is just from the podcast in general is that when you're willing to create something meaningful that you can reach anyone and when you have that platform your capacity to get in front of people that you have made never thought that you could before changes yeah well, that didn't answer the question no but it was a good enough answer and uh, and i wanted uh, to use it also as a uh, as a bridge to invite people to listen to your podcast and uh, also, I would uh, like you to share if people wanted to get in contact with you, where do they find you, Eric? And uh, how is it you can help them on that journey? Yeah, so we're actually just launching our conscious cash flow accelerator right now, where we're really helping if you're a new creator or a new artist or a new entrepreneur. Uh, you know, we just started a really uh, 
coaching program that's going to be releasing at the end of March. And so we just opened up slots to really get people into that. So if they go to balancemedia.ventures, uh, click on our programs tab, hit hit the Conscious Cashflow Accelerator, they'll be able to apply and, and really get some new information about how the 12 weeks looks like. You know, we really go through the cognitive, emotional, and physical states to how to integrate that into a business aspect. Because as you know, you know, conscious uh, entrepreneurship and conscious organizational capacity, you know, we've been doing that now for, you know, almost a decade. And as we continue to grow, uh, we want to really have people that are new to also have access to these types of awareness and to really implement them. Uh, so we're really excited to be launching this accelerator uh, for those that really just don't know where what's going on and how they can implement it inside of business, but just start, you know, because the unconscious creator stepping into a conscious creator, all it takes is a vision. Without a vision, people perish. And when you step into that vision, you start where you are, you just, you just make things happen. So we're sure. guiding people along for 12 weeks. That sounds wonderful. And we will also add the link to our show notes. Eric, it's about time. So I will uh, thank you that you uh, had the time to talk with us. It has been a pleasure. And I look forward to listening more to your podcast and grow deeper into it. Thank you. Thank you. And I just wanted to add one last thing. I uh, appreciate you both for uh, you know taking the time. I know the uh, focus and dedication it takes to create a podcast. And, you know, to be, you know, really in flow and to have great conversations. So uh, just acknowledging you both for your determination and focus and creativity. It's really beautiful and blessed. And I'm grateful to have met you both. Thank you. I was looking down, looking almost distracted. I'm sorry, but I wanted to write down the all it takes is a vision in my little notebook here because it's a good, uh, well, it's just a good sticky note to put on the fridge i think for a while <laughs> so thank you for all your inspiration it's been fun to talk to you and uh, now we are going to the blowhole with yep. a large group of people we're hanging out with here in mexico to see how nature will just it is stunning yeah, yeah. thanks a lot for your time thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed today's episode, and if you liked it, then please share it with all your friends and family. We would also love it if you gave our podcast a review. Thanks. And if you want to support our podcast and work, then you can find us on patreon.com slash the Conrad family. We will continue to travel full time. And if you want to tag along, then please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Conrad family. And you can also read more than 100 blog posts on our website, the Conrad dot family. Until next time, make a wonderful day. Thank you.